Alvin Lee once again kicking us off, getting her going here on the old radio ranch, our two-hour intellectual, high-level intellectual, I guess, compared to what else you hear. Discussion of ideas, concepts, slavery, and hmm, voluntary servitude. And of course, your host, Roger Sales, the director, the orchestrator here on the People's Patriot Network, 21st of July, 72120. Who another year under the notch as Mr. Chris just popped in to join us. That's good. Glad to see you, Chris, as always. Um, how you doing this morning? Uh, very well this morning. Uh, quite a few things percolating on my little uh, thought patterns. Well, you know, one of the nicest thing about this transition to Jitsi is the fact that we've got, yeah, I, you're the clearest you've ever been since you've been calling into this program. That's quite a few years now. I can only attribute that to being a direct digital connection circumnavigating the powers that be and the deep state from interfering with our communications ability. Well, I don't know that it's them interfering. I think it's just that going through those old systems compared to this new, you know, uh, as Skype always called it from the very start back when real people owned it, uh, they called it the silk stream because of that pure digital feed. Glad to see you on. Looks like Cody joined us there. Is that Mr. C? Is Mr. Cody? Good good morning. Yeah, one of these days i got to log on and see if I can fix that icon there. But, well, uh, uh, listen, I can identify you. The other one, when, when a bunch of people get on, there's 11s and, and circles and silhouettes, and I don't know who's there. <laughs> so it's kind of unusual. It's a little bit challenging for me, but I have learned that the big C and the big JC are you guys. Um, good morning. Good morning. I just got finished watching a clip, man, that just made me sick at my stomach. It's only a minute and 39 seconds long, and it will almost cause you to regurgitate in that period of time. It's over on Zero Hedge, and it's embedded in an article about uh, up there. It says Black Lives Matter supporters Chicago's latest riot is on you have you, any of you seen that either one of you guys seen that i'm sure you haven't i don't think it's just been put up there no well there's a short video you it's know on they, us? it's on it's on you and how it backlashed on them you can read the article i didn't have time to do that i just had time to pop on yeah. the video there for a minute uh, but the video is a close quarter video in Chicago last Friday. Some of you may have seen this uh, uh, of them trying to go after a Christopher Columbus statue somewhere in Chicago. I'm not sure where, um, you know, I used to work for yeah. a company that was headquartered in Chicago, Mercury Records. Right. And they're their buildings, you know, in Chicago, right on that river where those two round condominiums are, Cody. There's two rounds. Well, you know, I don't go to Chicago very yeah. often and if, hang around. Well, those of you that do, they have seen pictures. There's one on one of those big rivers right there. There's two round condominiums, and right next to that is the IBM building, and that's where Mercury Records was in the IBM building right downtown. They tried to get me to move up there, and I didn't want to do it. And uh, my wife didn't particularly want to live up there either, so we didn't 
take that job. Uh, but anyway, I've been up there a bit, and uh, this is somewhere in the city. South side of, of Chicago is notoriously bad, and the north side's a little more affluent as it is. They used to tell me, one of the guys that had worked up there said, when you're in Chicago and you get to 22nd Street South, if then they search you, and if you don't have have a gun, they give okay. you they give you one. They <laughs> give you one. Yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, this happened somewhere I in think Chicago. They just need to teach the. <laughs> let me let me finish my little story here. So they just need the, to teach these guys how to shoot. Maybe maybe they wouldn't they wouldn't kill all these little kids and stuff. At least just kill the gang. But, I, well, it's guys you that know, have, might as well give them a lesson. Well, these these guys have been watching all these Hollywood movies and playing all these video games and 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 have gotten their their minds warped with all that crap, quite frankly. And uh, you see the results. Well, you didn't. There wasn't any shooting here. It's just a, a minute and thirty nine seconds. But there might as well have been. Okay, and it showed right up next to the statue. Uh, the cops that I guess the Chicago at least they got their cops out there to protect it. I believe it's that's who it was. Whichever force it was, got pelted with the mob. Okay, and I mean them throwing frozen water bottles and cans and everything else, and it's a minute and thirty seconds of absolute bombardment. And there's cops out there without even any helmets on. Okay, and they nobody's shooting, and they're yelling, "Who do you protect? Who do you protect? Who do you protect?" And nobody's coming to defend them. What locals are going to get? Hey, hey, Cody, let's go, let's go get them some that you stop from doing that. You don't see anybody doing that because no, no group of people like us, we're supposed to be protected by the police. That's sublimity implanted in your mind. You, you don't think of going out there and stopping this mob exactly like, now take this, exactly this is the same kind of crap they fomented in the French Revolution in the late 1700s. It's been refined and edited and enhanced like they, uh, a gain of function. <laughs> there's, a, there's a nice current term. It's been gain of function through the Frankfurt School. And you're seeing it un unfold right in front of your eyes. And you, I, I encourage all of you to go watch that video. You know, Roger, some would observe that that French Revolution was very likely the first Bolshevik Revolution. It was. It was. It's not more than likely. I mean, Chris, remember the history. The Illuminati founded on May the 1st, 1776. They were in filth and sending papers at, to uh, what's Paris, super important. It's still the, mo the Grand Orient Lodge, number one lodge in the world. Okay, for the Freemasons is over there. The whole country of France, from what I've told, if you go to the city of Toulouse, it's like going into a satanic worship city because all the symbols everywhere, okay? I mean, Francis eat up with this crap, all right? And in those days, they didn't have all of this communication stuff, and they were sending Illuminati papers via a messenger. And he got hit by lightning on his horse. And when they came and examined the body, the Illuminati papers he had on him, and they published them in the local newspaper in Innsbruck. And the Illuminati had to go underground for a number of years, okay? They were sending this stuff to France, all right? The, it, it, what, the, 
the telltale thing, I mentioned it on Friday with Brent. Marie Antoinette's famous saying that's attributed to her is let him eat cake. Well, that that ain't, in Spanish, that ain't torta. It's not mama's carrot cake with cream cheese icing. Cake was what was it built up on the inside of the furnaces because they burn coal to keep warm, and it was what we'd call creosote. They they inflated and debauched the monetary. They took advantage of the French aristocracy's uh, uh, absolute spend through, you know, uh, the way they'd gone through money like crap through a goose. And you get that's the way they always do it. They always come in. They get the country. If, they don't, if they're not already in debt like France was here, they come in and put the damn shackles of debt on you like they have us. Seems to me, I recall, Roger, that those who refuse to recall the past are doomed to repeat it. And since it's been bred out of us by the public fool schools of indoctrination and propaganda programming and all sorts of debauchery and reprobate activities with all these infiltrators of the Frankfurt schools and so on and so forth into our school systems and academia maniacs uh, have certainly done a fine job of infesting these with a bunch of left-wing Marxist, Stalinist terrorists uh, masquerading as teachers and educators. Well, let me, you're referring to a quote by a Spanish philosopher named Jorge Santillana. George, we'd call it, Jorge. Jorge Santillana, and his quote was, those who don't learn their lessons from history will repeat them, okay? Destined to repeat them. Well, John took that and turned it around. I've mentioned it on the program before. Have you ever heard me say John's rendition of that quote, Cody? I have. Those who do learn their lessons, this is dialectical, those who do learn their lessons from history can repeat it over those who don't in half the time. We just talked about yesterday, it just came up, a book written in 1577 on voluntary servitude. 1577, kids. Why did they ask you, are you a citizen of the United States, are you a resident? For you to confirm your voluntary servitude. They didn't put you in the condition they did originally with fraud, obviously, but as it goes forward, that don't make a jack doodle to them. All they, all that matters to them is that you say yes when they ask you those questions. Are you yeah. getting how simple this is? Still fraud, and 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 for those of you who question this. The reason they recognize it is because it's based on fraud. And you don't think that they recognize the other set of laws, God's laws. They ain't been able yet to make water flow uphill without assistance. They ain't been able yet to make the leaves that come off the trees go to the umpteenth limits of the sky. They can't overturn those laws. Please get it through your heads. They have put those thoughts in your subconscious. 
You got to break that chain. It isn't their decision what you are. It's your decision. If it was their decision to dictate what you are, it would be open tyranny. And they can't have that. They don't have that much power, quite frankly. They've got to convert a system and turn everything in an opposite so they can ask you, are you in voluntary servitude under the scope and purview of the 14th Amendment? They don't say it like that, but that's what they're asking you. And you answer every time your entire life. Yes. Who's zooming who? Wasn't that the way Aretha Franklin put it? Here, let me let me take a little break. I think you all appreciate this. Cody, you haven't I know you haven't heard some of this stuff, some of the folks that have been around, but you know, I got a chance to dig back in some of my old folders. Uh I remember I've been doing this stuff about ten, eleven years now. And I found this. I thought it was pretty good from the musical standpoint. But if you hadn't heard it, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a little bit dated. You'll be able to date it by the lyrics. It's only a minute or two. Let's see if y'all like this. Today, huge announcement in the war on terror. Osama bin Laden has been killed. He's by that bin Laden is dead. Uh, Inside that massive compound where bin Laden was hiding out. Obama's dead, I, I, I don't care. Uh, what did I say? This just in, you were looking at a, obviously a very... You heard it on the evening news. The voice of authority. And though it was all a lie, still you believe. Do Chris, you can dance to this. They told you about yellow cake as a pretext to war. They embedded reporters cheap like five dollar whores. They gave you a boogeyman to scare you at night. And terror threat level alerts till you were ready to fight but it's all a lie made up nonsense for you to buy still you believe they told you it's heating up that we're all gonna stew but the only thing cooking here is the data that they used. They told you about Saddam Hussein and his WMDs. They were sure that he had them too, cause they still had the receipts. But it's all a lie, made up nonsense for you to buy still. Suspecting that is a trap You're being had You're being used It's all just a game And you're gonna lose You'd better wake up Before it's too late Before the jig's up And you've sealed your fate 
y'all think that very apropos uh that is a group let me plug those guys i don't know if i'm sure they're not doing stuff anymore but if you don't know it that was a group an actual group that had a number of different songs out at the time and they were called you you know what their name was chris i know cody did i don't have a clue the capital steps and the capital steps was a bunch of aids and stuff to congressmen up there and <laughs> they were doing getting together and had a singing group and we're doing those kind of songs and it came along back in those days and i grabbed the audio of it and stuck it back in that folder with all that other stuff anyway kind of appropriate it's all lies and uh, uh, until you quit buying them and stop and first thing you do is you got to go to one specific dude the secretary of state and tell him i'm not one of those I don't know what I am because I'm kind of a stupid white boy, you know, but, uh, but I know I'm not one of them. And let them figure out what you are. They pay them big money to sit in those bureaucratic desks up there and make executive decisions like that. You know, there's a Balabushka doll arrangement up there, a nest within a nest. <laughs> yes. The Secretary of State, Mr. Pompeo, and I can't recall this guy's name. I, I should be able to. You but having he breakfast? Is head of the, you having breakfast? Uh, I am. My, my okay. apologies, yes, That's sir. That's okay. Okay. See how, good his, the, um, see how good the fidelity is? <laughs> a little too damn good, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the guy that he put in charge of the Bureau of Consular Affairs and the diplomatic security detail is a deep, dark agent of the Kushner and uh, other entity up there. I can't remember his name, but it's a real nefarious relationship. Of course, it's uh, nespotism and uh, crony install your own agents inside everywhere so you can control both sides of the equation and have the illusion of separation of powers and independent authority and so on and so forth when there's all one vast centralized sovietized unified special operation of deception fraud and failure to provide honest services is a very dangerous to Republican concepts, in my estimation. Well, you just need to come out of their jurisdiction. Then none of the babushka ball, uh, dolls apply to you because they can't write laws for you. Okay, and uh, I mean this is the answer. We're not gonna, you're not going to do anything collectively until we get a bunch of people that are on this platform and, and stance. 
Now you get that. Now you start and assert some things. There's some things we could do if we had enough people that were serious about it. I had an idea back when we were building a good audience over there at Truth Frequency Radio at the end there before Chris Ego uh, with his head squarely up his ass uh, uh, fired me on a Skype message on a Friday night. Oh, don't come back Monday, you know. I mean, listen, I'm in radio. I know how that stuff's happened uh, from back in my rock and roll days. Uh, but uh, I thought it was uh, stupid, and he didn't check his facts, et cetera. But that's okay. There's a bunch of folks out there. I mean, well, you're, well, you're still on, and he's not. <laughs> how, how, how serious can you be when you're putting on a radio network and you got a guy that comes on and tells you ahead of time, I've got the keys to the Matrix, and in two, two and a half, three years, whatever it was over there, he never even looked into or understood what we're teaching here. Never. Okay? So uh, that gives you a little idea of it. And then sit there and bitching about how he had to get drug into court. I explained it to him. Of course, it went over his head. And uh, he went on about his way. And if he's, uh, I, he's not on the air anymore over there. They pulled it. Uh, they they folded their tent. Probably been a couple of months now. They went away. Um, I used to listen to Bruce. Um, I can't think of Bruce's last name. I know it very well. Met him a couple of times. But... He was probably a former Intel guy and a pretty uh, prolific writer. And they had a lot of really good talent over there. Uh, something I wanted to ask you, Roger, weren't you over to Micro Effect with Joe McNeil and Corn uh, Key and some of those guys for a little while? Unfortunately. Well, my question to you was not uh, loaded or bring up bad memories, but you know they had some really good talent over there too. And there was a guy that used to call in there, quite a lot and I would listen to him but I didn't really I hadn't immersed myself in the studies of uh, I guess you'd have to call it um, counterinsurgency and insurgency operations and it appears to me that that is exactly what we're seeing carried out in all these different towns and states Portland, Seattle, St. Louis, New York it is. It's absolutely right out of that playbook. That's the counter uh, special operations or counterinsurgency this, handbook they're teaching out of. It's uh, distributed through the military, through the U.S. Army, and other aspects oh, yeah. to teach them how to deal with insurgents operations in foreign countries when we're going on our empire-building expeditions. Uh, I mean. What, what's really happening is the backlash because all of a sudden we're not coupled up with China and they're being exposed and they can't take over our country and the world through the back door like they'd been planning to for all these years. Now, let's take one fact in the book we talk about around here a lot, Ways That Are Dark, written in the 30s by a guy that was a two-time ambassador from a family of foreign service, Townsend, I believe is his name. And when that book came out, it was totally panned by the establishment in the 30s. They already had plans, man. Remember, these people planned 70, 100 years ahead. We saw it with the 14th Amendment. Their plan was to use China to come in and take over the world. All right. Now, the whole thing, and you can look, see an indication of this. What's the establishment? Where do they get direct you? Russia, Russia, Russia. 
Russia ain't our problem. Putin's rebuilding churches over there. It's the churches they're tearing down and prosecuting Christians, Falun Gong, everybody else under the sun in the in China to the tune of grabbing them off the street because the Falun Gong don't smoke, don't drink, exercise, and believe in all these good things. They got real good organs. So they're grabbing them off the street and getting rid of them and going in and getting their organs, live organ transplant. And I saw one of their doctors interviewed. Of course, his voice was masked. And he said, when you cut into somebody and take their liver and blood rushes out, they're still alive. That's the Chinese government, and that is being severely cut by Mr. Trump, and their whole agenda is going down the road they've been playing for almost 100 years, and they're having to resort to crap like you're seeing every day to try and do something to turn the tide. Well, my reason for asking Michael Fick was because that was uh, Thomas Jefferson, or also known as Altabib, that used to make those calls. And he had studied T.E. Lawrence of Arabia yeah. to learn a lot of that stuff. And that assumes to be a playbook, that they a special operations manual that they've adapted to utilize in True. different countries around the world to create this chaos and revolutionary terrorism and to reform and destroy the cultures and the history of people. I mean, how often around here do we say they do the same thing over and over and over and over again? Why do they do it? Because it worked. Now, that's a real weakness for them because they get caught in a generational trap right there. Okay, You know how when the first Americans immigrate to the U.S. and they build a business and they're real successful and their kids take over the business when they leave and the business grows and they spoil the crap out of their kids. So it's the third generation, okay? So they've got that against them, and I've always maintained that really that's their Achilles heel because it makes them, to some extent, if you know their history, it makes them predictable. I heard a good quote this morning from a libertarian candidate being interviewed. He said, the current government motto, every day is a great day to screw over the American people. I wrote that down. I said, you know, that's pretty apropos. How about every day is a great day to to take advantage of the voluntary serfs? Let's put it another way. There you, there you go. <laughs> okay. That one gives a little better perspective. Now, see there, here's what I was talking about earlier, Chris and Cody. Here's a gray silhouette that's joined us. And you gray silhouettes all the time and don't know who they are. So It's a fed. It might be. Well, hell, I wish. Listen, you know, no. everybody's so scared about them listening to you. Hell, I've been begging for them to listen to me for 15 years. <laughs> Roger, it is I. I'm busy. It's the Harv. Okay, good. Some time and I want, yeah, and I, I want to listen in, make oh. sure you're not saying anything that would offend a, a government employee. Well, we try not to do that here. I was confident that that was your... We're very sensitive. Yes, we are. We're very sensitive. You sound very sensitive, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, S.C., what else did I want to talk about today that came up? I wanted to go back and touch on that book, and I haven't explored it any further, but I've thought about it several times uh, on voluntary servitude written in 1577. 
it, it's not like this stuff hadn't been around in some way, shape, or form back there, you know. And so it, it's uh, that's a nice little tidbit information in the clips that I saw covered on the James Corbett episode, reviewing it with another fella, where man, you just look around, you see it everywhere. What that guy's talking about, and how the the sheep continue to lead the sheep, and they just won't don't, won't do anything, and all this complacency, and of course, then you add to that the the legal, not lawful, legal sophistication that these guys have used to set this trap up. I mean, look, I've been uh, I unraveled it for about fifteen years, stumbled on the answer finally, and I still, all these years later, marvel at what these guys did. You know, don't don't forget, you don't have to like somebody to respect them. And Harvey, being a military guy, knows if you disrespect your enemy and think that they ain't nothing, you may set yourself up for a big surprise. Classic Sun Tzu. Classic. <laughs> like Kmart, you know. Yep. Kmart never, oh, disrespect. Oh, there's some Arkansas boys, and look at what happened. They put them out of business. Yeah. Walmart. Uh, by the way, there's been an official announcement from the Chinese Communist Party that the Three Gorges Dam has moved. <laughs> that didn't say everything was any danger. It just said it moved. Also, when that was coming up here, a it's, couple. It's not. Look, look, let me let me check on something here. It it. It's not in Iowa now, is it? No, it's not, it hadn't moved that far yet. Uh, <laughs> it hadn't moved. It's going to. It, it very well may. If that thing blows. It very well may. They're they're above critical level. And it's interesting. The When they first built that dam, and they had a website up about it, and it said, this dam is good for 10,000 years. Have you seen this, Harvey? Have you heard this? And this is true. I swear to God, it's true. They had the pictures. No. They have no, the I pictures haven't. of it. The website, first of all, said it's good for 10,000 years. And then they revised it down a while later, and they said it's only good for 1,000 years. And then they revised it down to 100 years, and now they've got warnings up about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, that bad. that is absolutely true, Okay. <laughs> It's, it's rather, it rather reminds me of Adolf's 1,000-year Reich. Yeah, right. <laughs> Still in its early stages. Uh, um, let's see. What else is interesting on some of the China stuff that I was watching? The uh, peripheral territories that are in rebellion, you know, Hong Kong, Taiwan, etc. Uh, and they got several yep. of those happening. Uh, a while back, they started in Chinese characters, of course, these writings appearing that said, nature, nature will take care of China. Or God will take care of China. Well, boy, it sure looks like that's coming true. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, they, well, they go ahead and prosecute Fo Long Gong and tear all the churches down there, Xi Ping. Go ahead, buddy. Keep it up. I uh, watched a rather intriguing video earlier this morning about a female broadcaster. I think her name was Shava or something of that name. It was an unusual name to me. And she was a well-spoken. She was, not, she was uh, not North Korean but South Korean. So she wasn't under the same uh, shutdown edicts that the North Koreans are. But she was talking about um, 
Kim Jong-il's uh, alleged demise not being since April or so. The aspects that affect on Hong Kong and what's going on there and recent uh, Trump edicts and his State Department and others decrying the uh, transformation of Hong Kong uh, against the treaties that had been previously agreed to by China when it was transferred from British rule to the Hong Kong rule uh, seemed to be creating quite a kerfuffle in global political dissent. Well, well let's face it. They made a treaty. Reluctant, queen, uh, I guess the, the queenie baby didn't want to make it at all, but uh, her the powers that control her forced them into doing it, obviously, for the agenda of having China control the world and take it over through the back door. And the treaty was that it would stay under the two-party rule is the term they use, Chris. And that's why Hong Kong had those freedoms. Uh, and it was supposed to last from uh, for 47 years. And they immediately started encroaching on it from the very beginning. And now 20 years into the treaty, they have taken it over and basically trash heap the treaty well what does that tell you well the chinese communists lie now harvey camel nose under the tent and 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 uh, uh so it's um now they've really cut it off because they were using it as an intermediary base who's cody cody yeah i mean we're we're, the, we're lying the same way can you hear me? We're lying the same way. The uh, they said some of that that South China Sea issue had already been negotiated. I forget after one of the wars, and I forget you know exactly which area, but the area that they're arguing about right now that China shouldn't have the right to build the islands apparently was already previously negotiated. I think during World well, War II. Well, I'm not uh, sure. I hadn't I hadn't heard that so, background. You know, but I have heard a little bit more than more recent background. And, you know, this case, the South China Sea is because of 200-mile territorial limits that are internationally recognized. And because a lot of those are real close together, some of them overlap. And a lot of those islands are in that. They're little. They're not even islands. They're what's called an atoll or even a coral outgrowth. And China's been coming in and taking some of those. They're called the Spratleys, the Spratly Islands. They're in the southern part of the South China Sea, and they've gone in and destroyed the reef and, and gone in and built up the atoll to the point where they can have military uh, uh, runways and facilities there and dock ships there. Okay? And now they're claiming it's their island where it was an atoll, all right? And so that case got taken to the world court here a few years ago in The Hague. Chris, is a, who's, who's, I'll tell you, the digital stuff's too sensitive. So um, the, the, Hague, the Hague ruled against China uh, for some of these surrounding small islands. The Philippines is in that group and all that. And then China refused to recognize the international ruling. Now, that's where we are now. Obama let them slide on it, obviously, and of course, but Trump's called them on it. And so for the first time in years, we've got big-time military presence down there. I think I saw that there's three aircraft carriers down there right now, and Britain's sending one of theirs, okay? 
Now, what they do is when you're running through, and it's a big shipping area down there, too, on top of everything else, and it's loaded with gas and oil, all right? So there's a lot of real contentious things to make it pop. So what the United States Navy has been doing, if you're going through recognized international territory, the evidently protocol that's recognized is your ships go through on a straight line at a decent speed and go through and use the territory for, for, for moving through. However, what we've been doing is going in there and doing big zigzag patterns across the whole territory as we go through it, challenging their jurisdiction. Okay. So interesting that jurisdictional question you just brought up. I think that's what the side effects, the ramifications of those building those militant or military installations on those atolls and out well, that's what they're about. trying to do is go in there and say, these are our islands. We got 200 miles jurisdiction, too. From okay. those areas, exactly. It's expansion sure. of their sphere of control, their jurisdiction, and that's what's taking exception with because it's a great impingement on the trade routes. Okay, and now to complicate matters further, yes, uh, it's possible that they can be even more complex, and it gets that way because just to the west of this contested South China Sea is a thing called the Straits of Maluka, I believe the way they pronounce it. We talked about it one day on the show here a while back as a flashpoint and heads up. And now that even becomes more critical. Uh, so much of the world's shipping, oil, cargo, everything goes through this very narrow strait over there around Java and Malaysia. I don't know the islands, but there's a very narrow, long strait. And because of the 200-mile country jurisdiction, guess who controls the top of it? Philosium. India. Ah, interesting. India controls the top of the strait, and they could literally stop Chinese shipping. Well, let me throw a couple more little. Well, hold, hold on. Uh, All right, hold on. Hold yours for a second. Let me throw in some more complications. So the big, and Harvey would know this, the big piece of land that comes down there on the west side of the China Sea contains like Vietnam and Thailand and all that area. Okay? So what... China's trying to do is to go down and build a canal like we got in Panama across Thailand so they can get around this bottleneck. And to further complicate it all, China is now going to all the neighbors that they have adjacent with India and starting wars or trying to meddle in their internal politics and screw with India that way. An unbelievable amount of companies are moving out of China, and we're a bunch of them moving to India. That's right. Okay? 83 Japanese companies have pulled out of China. 83. Good. Good. I love it. 
Okay. We been out of China before we got in. So they've got the <laughs> virus here. going on. They've got biblical floods, highest highest flood waters ever been recorded that they've got records of right here today in China. They've got storms coming on. They've got all kinds of plagues. They got trillions of locusts coming at them, buddy. Yeah, locusts, locusts on the move. Exactly I, I right. Uh, I mean, man, if that isn't biblical, I don't know what is. Uh, it sounds like something right out of Exodus. So, uh, fine. Not only, Charlie, get this, Harvey. Over, I heard the figure 377 million in one way, shape, or form in different organizations have removed themselves from the Communist Party. 377 million and that was members, of, members of the Chinese Communist Party have defected have, uh, have withdrawn their party membership evidently they can do that without any repercussions it's just if you're a member of the party you get favoritism and advancement 377 million people either in youth leagues or teenage leagues or adult communist party have removed themselves from the roles of the communist party and that was before trump put this new executive order in that communist party members can't get visas anymore to the u.s and google's search on re revoking your chinese party membership has absolutely exponentially hockey stick curved Good night. I didn't know that. You're, you're teaching me. Well, that's going on right now because I've been really concentrating. There's three or four real good channels that are generally backed by the Epoch Times, I notice, that are putting out daily truths on China. One of them's that China in Focus I've mentioned several times, but there's a couple other ones too. Um, it's uh, and you know, all of the stuff you're seeing with the who you're protecting, who are you protecting? Because they want Donald Trump out of office to stop, put a stop to this disintegration of their takeover of the world plans. That's what you're seeing. Yeah. Well, Donald Trump is the existential threat to all of this globalism, to the Chinese uh, uh, march, and so on. You know, it's a funny thing you were talking about how the Chinese are putting up these little islands and then ex extending, theoretically, extending their uh, their offshore authority, their, you know, their national boundaries. <clears throat> we had a funny thing happen in the Battle of Quezon. We, they told us that we couldn't patrol. We were just sit sitting there being shot at from over in Laos with uh, North Vietnamese artillery, and there was one captain, uh, commanded Delta Company in my battalion, and he said you couldn't go thousand, you couldn't go more than a thousand meters outside your wire. He had, he had his men get a bunch of concert, concertina wire, and he marched out a thousand meters, laid down some more concertina. <laughs> And went out another thousand meters. <laughs> I was like, oh, the, Ch the Chinese must have read Dick's uh, playbook. <laughs> it's a uh, well, Harvey. 
Here's here's something that occurs to me in this scenario. When we're talking about these Straits of Maluka and this uh, different areas that are under dispute and under attack and trying to be claimed no, no, no. by the Chinese. Now, the Straits, Straits are not under attack. It's just a real, real narrow thing that most of that, some huge amount of the 85% of the commerce over there on the seas goes through there. It, it's not but, contested. It's just potentially a real choke point, like like the Straits it, of Hormuz. It sort of seems to me I've read some things I recall, I think, having to do with the particular ships that were being sent over to that direction. And it occurs to me it's a quasi-Pearl Harbor-type situation that's being staged very carefully by the global political constructs behind the scenes of the deep state. And it's creating a real um, difficult situation. Sorry for the ringing noise there. But I, I think what they're doing is they're setting up this great polar opposition, uh, controlled opposition forces to collide there, to light the, fuel, light the fuse to the global war. Well, that's exactly. It's the trigger point to the global war, I can tell you that. And the other one that we mentioned yesterday is called Taiwan. And that's the one where I think it was after the show yesterday and I sent out the message, uh, some United States congressperson up there said he was introducing a bill that if China attacked Taiwan, we were going to declare war on China. Now, hold it, folks. We haven't officially declared a war, to my knowledge, since World War II. Harvey, am I wrong? You are correct. Now, they're talking about open declaration of war, which means it's got to go through Congress, which hadn't happened since 1940. Is that a little different? Does that sound a little different to you? Yeah, uh, very different. Somebody's real serious. I noticed that in the news. And they said on the story that it would likely totally pass Congress. That, that, that's a surprise to me. Because I mean, you know, we've got an opposition party <clears throat> that opposes anything that the administration advocates. There was one I that believe. went. There was one that went through there up there the other day again with China, and I don't remember which one it was, but it passed a hundred percent. I was shocked. Well. There's trouble brewing, and uh, well, I think we, you see here we got what we got on our side is is right. Okay, I, I truly believe, and you're seeing China literally implode over there, and whatever problems they're not dealing with that they created, it seems like God's going to heap on them. Okay. Now, in our country, we got that same faction that's been running the show for many decades and all of their games. They've played so much fraud. They've, how about this? The leaven of the Pharisees. They've leavened up every one of these areas they control to the point where they're all breaking and they're about to become exposed. They got to do something. They got to go for the brass ring. They don't have any other choice. If they don't go for the brass ring, they lose. 
because they'll be exposed. The The amount of, you know, uh, Daryl said something about it yesterday. It was predicted by Cliff High years ago in some of his forward-thinking data. He said there would just be people popping up. These independent citizen journalists are going to pop up like mushrooms in the cow pasture after a good rain. And that's what's happening. You can see it. All these young people that have got their heads screwed on straight and are confronting this and all the things that are popping up on YouTube and all these alternate voices. And a lot of them are saying, Jews, Jews, Jews. And they're pointing the finger. And then these people help themselves because they've leavened out all this sex stuff. And now all the Ghislaine Maxwell and Harvey Weinstein and Wexner's complicity and Epstein and all this are coming out to the forefront and being commonly talked about. They're in big trouble, folks. That's why you're seeing what they're doing. Let me uh, throw that other log on at this time because I think it's really salient material and dangerous. Uh, the Chinese are entering into, and their agents and companies, of course, all the companies there are all communist Chinese owned, but they're gaining long-term leases, purchases, or other acquisitions to port cities all around the world. Uh, America, not to be uh, oh, overlooked. No. With That's Chinese Long Belt and Road. That's the Belt and Road Initiative, and that's Xi Ping, or whatever the hell his name is. That's the crown in his jewel, and that thing's falling apart, too, just like all the Chinese buildings they built that nobody lives in in those big cities. They're falling those apart, cities. too. You can go see video where some of these guys go up and rub their finger over some concrete structure, and it disintegrates right in front of you to dust. Well, I've, the, I've seen that, yeah. I think that's absolutely correct, and that's the problem with the Three Gorges and other dams that built, and they're, no, they're building it, in other places. Chris, it's the problem with the whole system. Two weeks ago, 83 tons of gold was discovered to be false. We've got a bank run over there that's been going on, and yesterday the Communist Party took over nine different banks and trust organizations that had uh, a one trillion yuan in them, two hundred and something billion dollars. They took them over yesterday. There's bank runs starting over there. Dams are breaking everywhere. Houses are falling into the river. I mean, it. What the hell are they gonna eat? Their food supply has been, for a large part, demolished. And I saw some videos of them going into the state-sponsored bins, you know, where they keep the grain on reserve. Right. And it's all moldy and stuff. Well, when you want to starve out a group and make them more compliant and willing to accept any terms, that's exactly what you would do. And it's suggested that these floods, so-called, whether they're man-made or otherwise, I can't tell you. But nevertheless, the effects is it's going to destroy food supplies over there in China and put pressure on food resources around the world. Well, what the floods hadn't destroyed, the locusts are about to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. One plague or another. Choose your choose your poison. Uh, the other aspect I was going to try to bring to the table is these ports and their container shipping things that they bring all the products in with. Oh, yeah. Also, can incorporate men, uh, technical equipment like uh, missile systems that are they able to them. be dropped anywhere, taken by trains around the whole U.S. or other parts of the world and distribute it out to tactical high locations, then pop up and uh, deploy their helicopters or their missile systems or other sorts well, of uh, 
technical operations radar and stuff like that to set up a global network of complete military management and uh, chaos. Okay, well, let me tell you what they are doing. Because of Trump and more closer scrutiny on customs and things, they caught a shipment of a 1,000 different rifle parts the other day disguised as machine parts. They've got, and I mentioned it the other day, huh? you know, if you go get a, if you go get your hair cut and you put your hair in your hand, how, how, how much do you think that weighs? Uh, a few grams. Well, they found 13,000 tons of hair in Philadelphia. 13,000 tons of human hair. It occurs to me that could be a transportation device, and there could be compounds hidden within it. It occurred to them to check it and see if it was human and to kind of ascertain that it was coming from the Uyghurs because it came from that part of China. Exactly what I was thinking. But why are they doing Are they selling it for yeah. wigs? Yeah, yeah, they're selling it. Just like their organs, they might as well go harvest their hair. Such a demand from it, from all this damn vanity that's been foisted upon us. Mm. All right, so that's just two examples. Yesterday, they named five drug dealers. They're the ones that have been shipping in all the fentanyl. The Chinese government is actually supplying all of the chemicals to do stuff like methamphetamine production, and they're selling it down to them in Mexico to do it and smuggle it in here. Well, that he named five of those guys yesterday and put a stop to that crap. I mean, he won't put a stop to it, but he'll put a big dent in it. And add a little fentanyl while you're at it. Well, that's what it was, is fentanyl. Which is, from what I take, it's synthetic heroin. So that's the reason you're seeing the people in the streets. Yeah. And you've got a Black Lives Matter movement that's primarily Marxist that is camouflaging this Antifa and these anarchists that are absolutely totally anarchists. Okay? Liberty, equality, fraternity. It's been around since the 1780s. It was called the French Revolution. I'm Liberty, firmly convinced that equality, Antifa is Obama's secret army. You can bet it is. This Soros, the deep state, you can and they're absolutely funded and paid by DNC, Act Blue, and the Soros arm of the Democratic Party. If you can find a hotel over there, a casino that'll take that bet, you better run, put everything you got on it, buddy. Because that's can't get him unless you put a mask on. <laughs> mask is, insanity, race that, I'm telling you, that's that's where all this is coming from. Did any of you get a chance to look at those videos I talked about yesterday? That one on Wexner, the head of the snake. Any of that stuff? I did. Did you watch that one, boy? No, that's I haven't been able to look at. Boy, it. that is. I'm telling you, is it still up, Chris? Or when did you watch it? <laughs> it was yesterday, sometime. Of course, well. the fact that he owns Victoria's Secret can't be unnoticed and he was uh, a very close associate of robert maxwell Gisling's father yep. who was a media giant as well as a big spy that was billed on uh, the mount of olives over in israel with seven deep state operatives of israel and the bb uh, in attendance so uh, he was obviously a high-level Mossad, isis 
in Israeli secret intelligence services, special operating deep spy on a, a special assignment. Now, isn't that interesting? And she evidently called, knew that they'd killed him. She called him the C word in the dialogue that was reported to us on that video by the girl that was given the information. And yet she turned around and went to work for him. And it's the question is, was Epstein's money all of the fortune that Robert Maxwell stole because he stole all the pension fund money and stuff from some of those companies he worked for 155 million or something, or or I I don't remember the the figures is huge amount. No telling how much he stole off the books. I mean, these people are just absolute total 100% thieves. How do they get that way? They're raised on the Babylonian Talmud. I mean, you want to take all this crap and, and get it right down to its essence? That's it right there. This bunch has that book as their religious training. Let me support that with the fact that this is what we're really seeing. The battle between good and evil, Gog and Magog, is between criminal gangs and straight-up people that don't have the larceny in their hearts. This is exactly what this division is exactly being is. drawn, line the sign. It's you're either with us, you're against us. And that's what they told me at that stop when they told me that sovereignty was outlawed here in Nevada because they had a dramatic opposition to lawful government. Well, you're, I don't have anything to do with sovereignty. I'm just a U.S. national. I, I don't know what all that other stuff is you're talking about, Ossifer. Well, I, I agree with you. That was not my conversation with somebody. It was I was repeating that had it with me, but this is this is really cr- critical. This is why the DNC, the Blue State, the Act Blue Group, the Purple Gang. This is why they are so intent on trying to remove Trump at all costs because there is a fundamental desire by elements of the Trump administration polar opposite to their interest of restoring a certain amount of lawful operation in the rule of law here in America. And they're trying to shut down some of these global child and sex and human trafficking, uh, organ trafficking operations. And there's been a lot of under the currents things going on directed towards that part. I hear lots of Hollywood is locked down and got bracelets on big names and stuff. And this is a global operation. It oh, is really, really intense. It's insidious. Come on. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got an 11 that joined us. Hi, 11. How you doing this morning? We got an 11. And I don't know. I guess Harvey. I don't, I don't know. know if I'm 11. Here you are. Uh, yes, you are. Eleven's your lucky number. I always felt like I was a 10, but I wasn't sure I made 11. No, man. You, you <laughs> eclipsed the scale, Bob. I guess. I guess. I don't know what happened. I called in yesterday, and I hadn't muted myself, and I could not raise anybody's attention. I was going to comment on a couple of things Daryl had brought up. So if I might go back to yesterday's program, he was talking about the Christ clearing the tables of the money changers, and... I would like to bring up once again, as I have in the past, the idea that in the Latin, the word for table is bank. Right. A bench, a raised area. Right. Embankment. And 
I hold that Christ was not turning over their tables. He was turning over their money system. Correct. And, and I, that gets their attention. Oh, it sure does. Just look at Bitcoin. Um, I, I've all, I had always heard the scenario was that at the temple, they would not allow the Roman coin into the temple to buy sacrificial animals or whatever business they in commerce they did in there. And it may be because of what Daryl said that it had bail uh, there on part of it. I don't know, but it was the Roman coin and that they would exchange it at the tables for temple script and they were screwing people in the exchange rate. And that may have been part of it too. That's oh, yeah. what I had always heard. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. Look at their uh, progeny. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think the well, apple's fallen right under the tree. Well, when so I, I don't think to... there's any question that's true, but that it's more fundamental than that. It's not that he was turning over their tables. He was turning over, over their, their whole system. system. Sure, sure. And, and, uh, and which needs in, to be... In the... that same light, he, he was talking about the golden calf. You know, it never made sense sense to me it just didn't ring true i heard the story as a kid i saw it on the flannel graph as a little child you know they made a golden cash no hold on let me turn that down i mean okay it's a calf but what kind of sense does that actually make i mean why didn't they choose a snake or you know whatever i realize that a calf is bale symbol in some particular societies but what i think was actually going on is they had denounced god they had promoted themselves they had tied each other to they tied one to another and what the golden calf represented was you can't keep your gold we're going to put it all in this idol so you can't run away in the middle of the night. You're you're trapped in this society because all of your wealth is tied up in this system. Well, boy, I've never thought of it and like that. But with, it's, I, well, it's with historical precedent. There are actually cases where in the ancient societies they had these, um, let's just call it the community trust fund. It's this idol in the temple square. And when they wanted to finance a war, they cut off an arm. <laughs> I mean, it was that simple. It was made of precious metal. Uh -huh. But what it did was it tied everybody together, which is exactly what Christ doesn't want us to do in a bad way. He wants us to tie ourselves together in a network of good, but not with a top-down directive, rather with a bottom-up organic nature to where people want the best from each other, not control over one another, thou shalt not covet. It doesn't say thou shalt not covet unless it's through the agency of government. Then pile on, butter. It's all mine. I'll take everything you've got and more. I don't disagree with you, Bob. So anyway, it's a radical thought. Most people, I swear, you know, it never crossed my mind until six, eight years ago when I was listening to particular fellow talk about this you know a golden calf i mean what's what's the big deal well yeah i mean 
God's upset because they're worshiping this idol. Well, I, I think that's really, really basic, really simplistic, really elementary thinking. It's not the point, but it's easily, it easily takes your mind and just, you know, wraps it up in a neat little bow. Kind of like the idea that taking the Lord's name in vain is, oh, well, don't cuss and you're good. It doesn't have much to do with it. It's not that taking the Lord's name in vain as a cuss word is a good thing, but what it really means is you're speaking as if you have his authority, but you don't. You're taking his name in vain. I come in the name of Christ when actually you're a spiteful, vindictive, greedy grubber that wants something of somebody, but you say you come in Christ's name. Well, that would be taking his Lord, the Lord's name in vain. Right. It has little to do with a simplistic elementary school, ele- oh, just don't cuss and you're good. Oh, crap. means nothing. That's not the point. You know, Bob, your picture you just drew of this system, it makes me think that perhaps the so-called just civilist cities, the city law, is the replacement for that golden calf system because you're bond dead to all the different amenities that are offered by living close to the collective, and thereby you are bond dead to their system by dependence and interdependence instead of being self-dependent or self-regulating and self-controlling. That is the essence of sovereignty. May I say and remind you yeah. again that bond is the root word of bondage also. You go clear back to Cain and Abel. Why did he like Abel's offering? And why did he despise Cain? I mean, what's, what's bad about grain? What's what's great about a you know a sheep? Well, here again, it's a metaphor. I don't think I think we're missing the point entirely. Cain was all about the city. Cain was all about taking power over people, and that's what God despised. It wasn't. It, it, he was he was a harvester of people, <laughs> the same as Nimrod was a mighty hunter of men, a mighty provider. It, it had nothing to do with the idea that grain is bad and the sheep offering was, you know, the blood offering was good. It had everything to do with the fact that one honored him and the other one dishonored him because of the nature of wanting to control people, wanting to control everybody. And the other one was just the opposite, where people controlled their own destiny under God's uh, system, you know. It wasn't that they controlled this, their destiny. It was that they they had sovereignty under God. Let's put it that way. Well, uh, if, the, if people are struggling with that, you know, as you get into studying the legal and the historical, it always guides you back to the spiritual. That's my experience. Um, it and, never occurred to me how much the his the how much in the Bible had to do with government. You know, we see it as this religious book. Well, okay, fine. When you don't understand the definition of the word religion, we got a fundamental problem. Well, you know, when I would you realize that religion is how you take care. I mean, in James, it says, "What is true religion? It's the it, it's being mindful of the widows and the orphans." Well, Wait a you know, minute. Freedom of religion is being able to worship how I want to, right? Uh, no, that's not how the founders saw it. That is not the point. The point was that 
you had freedom to have a society of friends. You had freedom to have, you know, a commune. You had freedom to have, you, you could do government however you wanted to. That was the freedom of religion. It had nothing to do with whether you were a congregationalist or a, or your chapel or chapel or congregation, you know. It, it had to do with how you took care of your your social system. It had, and we've it, entirely lost track of that. It had to do with so the legal... freedom of religion... It had to do yeah, with the legal exactly. parameters that dictated that activity within the parameters. Basically, you can't hurt yes. anybody, and if you yes. do, you're going to pay the price. And we don't see it. We don't see it that way anymore. We think it's the freedom to either believe in God or not believe in God and worship Him how we please, and that's not even the right definition. You know, we just got it completely backwards. The word term governmentum or government is actually to control or regulate the mind. Your self-control or regulate your own mind. I've told my daughters, every time you see the word government, just in in subtext, sub silencio, just say mind control. And it works. (laughs) It's exactly, it works every time. Well... Uh, it's a mess, and I, I just know every path that I've ever followed in this always leads back to a spiritual end. And however you want as I said yesterday, I'm not here to save you, okay? That's your deal. I've always believed that that relationship with your maker is a one-on-one relationship. Uh, most people have a concept of God, and many have a concept of Jesus Christ. Some don't, okay? Uh, but that's your business, your your eternity is your business. These are all voluntary situations, and you make the choices. What I'm here to try and do is show you and explain to you and untie the knots in your mind where you can un- understand that you're the one that has aided and abetted this whole thing. There's a good legal term, aided and abetted. How'd you do that? Because of your ignorance, you answered yes every time they ever ask you those questions. And you confirmed their fraud. What you're doing is confirming their fraud. If you don't stand up and... it's so insidious because it doesn't even occur to you what you're doing. And and if you don't understand that and stand up and do something about it, then shame on you. And again, it's a voluntary decision to not do something. Not doing anything is a choice. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, that's where we stand. And we're probably not going to change the world. We can change a few people in it, though. And we can protect a few people because we can help show them where it says right there, come out of her, my people. It says it twice. Come out of her. My experience is in that book. on the idea of changing the world. When they when he says something twice, they generally mean you need to pay attention to it. I wanted to say and remind you guys, too, Bob. Back when Rommel's School of Law. Did you ever see them, Chris? Pete and those I, guys? I've read some of their stuff online, and I may have seen a video, but I never met them. No. Okay, so you never met them, never saw their seminar. They had a good weekend seminar, and the way they'd open it up, Mike Brown wasn't that very many of them. That guy named Peter was the one that ran most of them. He had a little goatee, nice guy, and he'd. Uh, they called it the Rommel School of Law. Okay. And because when Mike Brown was there, he'd say, when you go in that courtroom, you're in a battlefield. 
the judge and the prosecutor or the opposing army. You know, that That's kind of, exactly right. you know, like a patent kind of patent talk there at the start. But when Pete was running the show, everybody would be in the room, all the people that were there to attend. And he'd get up in front and he had a Bible in his left hand. He'd be holding it. Everybody's waiting for him to start. And he'd take his right hand just as hard as he could. And he'd slap the top of that book. Bam! It'd make a big noise. And he'd say, this is a law book. That was the way he started every seminar. And it is. And he's absolutely right. Okay. You know, to comment on the idea of changing the world, let's be very specific. What world are you talking about? If you're talking about the word that's translated world, cosmos, Absolutely, you can change your world because your world is your system of government, your, your constitutional order. So your sphere of influence, absolutely, you can change. And you should change if you need to. Don't just take it. You know, don't just acquiesce to the status quo. And see, that's, yeah, that's what our information, work. Bob, our information puts people in a dialectical position on that issue right there. Am I too scared, or for whatever reason, do I want to go back in the pink cloud, or am I going to get some some balls and some ovaries and step forward? Or some ovaries, I should say. (laughs) So, anyway, yep, big philosophical things. Don't care where you look, where you start. It always ends up at a spiritual end, and you can accept that or not. And, uh uh whatever you envision is as brent says it so accurately your lawgiver from whom there is no appeal and whoever that is is your god so maybe those people that have a question in this area of their lives their spirituality and those connections maybe you ought to look at it like that it's the lawgiver uh, the ultimate lawgiver from whom there is no appeal i believe is the way brent puts it so accurately right from whom there is no meaningful appeal so uh Boy, what a godsend Brent has been. And um, uh, Ro- Roger, I've got to rush off and desert you. Okay, Harv. Very interesting, and uh, I, I'm delighted to have been privileged to listen in today. Well, you know, I think we're just very fortunate because I, I didn't intend for the program to be formatted like this. It's just kind of evolved. And it is very healthy for the people that are looking for a daily dose of sanity. We can give you a couple hours of it. Uh, and there's a lot of information, very important, that comes out of here. And uh, it gets to be addicting. It's addicting to me. And I know it is for a, a, a number of you. Because yeah, I don't know of any place else you can go to get this kind of information on the face of this earth. Okay, there may be there may be some places I don't know about, but I don't know anybody that's got the insight on this that we do. Uh, one thing I just saw uh, on Breitbart 
was a headline that said floods forced China to blow up dam to protect world's largest hydroelectric plant. Yeah, they had to bust one upstream and uh, over uh, yesterday or day before overnight or something. They did it overnight, of course, and they're releasing all this water. Uh, that uh, Three Gorges Dam is at maximum release capacity, and they didn't tell anybody yeah. downstream, and they did it in the middle of the night. A bunch of people either drowned or got killed when they were sleeping, and the electrical came down and electrocuted them because they were in the water. Oh, boy. Oh, well, what's a few... What's a few million people? Well, they see, the whole system yeah. of communism is based on lies, and you can see it in every area. And what it is is a bunch of criminal gangs and families that got together that seize power and run in the country, and the international Jews love that, and they've come and helped them and built it up, and that was their backdoor plan to take over the world. Well... They're doing a marvelous job of it, aren't they? Well, they got caught, they and they got the the, yeah. the the card got called on them. We caught one with them up their sleeve in parlance yeah, of Mr. Chris. The CCP has been unable to run China successfully, and they and they want to run the world. Yeah, right. Stepping over stepping up over one duty to get to another. Boy, that is uh, well. Uh, that's what it shows idea. you is the fallacy of the system that backs it, and why they've been kicked out of a thousand and thirty countries since the beginning of time. In my knowledge, in that list, there wasn't a list of how many countries they've ever successfully taken over, because that's zero. A thousand and thirty times they've lost. Hmm. And they're going to lose well, again. Well, their proxy, uh, that is China, is, uh, you know, it, it seems to me that they are on the slide as well. Uh, we got a lot of internal China. confusion. They just had some big annual meeting of the top 20-something members of the party. Nobody nobody knows of the whereabouts of this Jinping kingpin for like 30 days or more. And uh, there's uh, uh, all of the people inside. He's added a special military guard, by the way, Harvey, an elite military guard. And the speculation is because the uh, the rumblings in the country and possibly in his own party. You can imagine with this group of thieves that with all these things happening, somebody wants to pull the long knives out on him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that's we're going to see, I'll tell you we are going to see turmoil this year. Yep. That may eclipse anything the world has ever seen. Um and uh, now don't don't forget we got more than 90 days left before the big day in November that these guys are trying to overturn and there ain't no telling right. at this stage what they're going to pull out. There is no telling they're backed in a corner and that makes them totally 100 percent unpredictable well we know that we have uh you know that trump is an existential threat to the globalists and the communists or democrats in this country and we know that they are an existential threat to trump and to our freedoms and uh, and so it's a, it's a, 
it's a knife fight between freedom and totalitarianism. And a winner-take-all, in a sense. Oh, that's absolutely correct. It's winner-take-all. I don't know how long, if and when, uh, Trump wins in November. I don't know how long it will take him to root out all of the uh, all the subversives in Washington, in the establishment, uh, the federal government, and all of its all of its. Uh, it's so rotten, Harvey, that you can't go after it. And then you got to remember that one of the reasons, no matter how good a front AG Barr is putting up there, that the Department of Justice is controlled by the International Monetary Fund. I mean, and if you can't take that, that nobody else is talking about, and you'll probably never, never hear anybody mention that fact, but you can see in the last four years that that's the case. Look at how much trouble he's had just getting simple documents out of there. Yeah. Uh, well, these guys are protected by these uh, laws. The federal government, the federal employees can't be fired. I don't know all the, the SES. I think we get into that trail, well, and you different. better take it right back to the SES because that's where a lot of that crap kind of crap's coming from. Yeah, but I mean, even before. Uh, even besides the SES, these these government employees are just uh, uh, they've got a permanent position essentially. They're, they're like federal judges, and that needs to be uh, completely eliminated. So, yeah, uh, somebody just sent me a video. Of course, I don't have time to look at it. it says the court rules against Obama deep state job security strategy. I'll try and watch that and maybe we'll report on it tomorrow if it's if it's valid. Uh don't know which court, but uh of course today's Tuesday, which means we got our little Patriot get together and I will well, I'll be out of pocket for pretty much the rest of the afternoon after the program. But uh, a lot of things developing, and it does look like this is the meeting of forces of which one force is going to pretty much prevail. To you and Harvey's point about SSES, Secret Senior Executive Services, the SS here in America ruling from behind the scenes, I think that is actually the heart of the deep state. And this is the career 30-year bureaucrats in the DOJ that you pointed out is under the rule of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank gang, that is calling the shots from behind the scenes. And this is exactly where Barr came from, who ran the special operations up in uh, Ruby Ridge to kill the boy and the dog and shoot Vicki Weaver right between the eyes while she was holding the baby. Not to mention, he's a Jesuit. <clears throat> and the same thing with Ray, Chris Ray over at the FBI. They brought out as another one of those. Yeah, he, he, without guys. a doubt, without a doubt, he is. And they're getting ready to get rid of him right now. I but hope if so. they bring another swamp creature out of the secret senior executive services, uh, it's just more of the same. They're just changing out the the lug nuts on the wheel it's no change at all if you continue putting these type well, of career bureaucrats the doj and the imf in charge well that that's the point we're approaching right there is he gonna start turning and putting his people in key pivotal positions 
uh, Mr. Daryl joined us, decided to land and taxi up to the terminal. Hey, buddy. It's uh, quite the... Uh Quite the conversation you guys are having this morning. I was uh, you couldn't stay awake doing a lot you? of things here and thoroughly enjoying it. I, uh, I, I, I uh, <clears throat> you know, I spend a lot of time here. It seems like so. I was it was a pleasure to listen to the coherent, coherent thoughts of so many other men. And uh, uh, Bob uh, Probity made some uh, excellent points there. Uh, I would, I would just like to say that uh, not only was Christ turning over the tables of the bankers, but he w- and combining what you said, the, their script was the coin of ball. So, and and the bull, in symbology, represents the bull. Ball is the bull, right? So, I mean. Uh, it really does fit together quite nicely. And uh, I thought Bob and you all made some really strong points there on all this. Uh, but I <clears throat> I was prompted to call when you said there's no telling what they would do. Well, I, I know exactly what they're going to do. And I <laughs> I know that's, a, that's an audacious statement to make, but uh, I know exactly what they'll do. And it's exactly this. They'll do anything anything they will do anything that they have to do right up to the point of thermal nuclear war and they emp will. emp deal blame it on uh, china get china to do an emp deal any anything uh, you know they caught the other day yeah, and i didn't anything. mention the story uh they got 221 million dollars worth of contribution uh to the biden campaign coming in through the back door from china you hadn't heard a word about it. Well, I mean, it, isn't this isn't this consistent with uh, what the Clintons did? Sure, they set it up back in back in the nineties. They set the same machine thing. up. Man. I mean, you know, the the, the uh, I mean, there's there's no truth in political advertising. Come on, let's not be children here. You know, the, the presumption that there's truth in political advertising is is preposterous. Uh, you know, Bob Bob is really quite. Yeah, go ahead. I saw a li- on a, in some embedded in a clip. I saw a Trump campaign ad that evidently they're releasing. And in the riots here, Nancy Pelosi did an interview at her house out in California, and she was all chippy. And you know, uh, and this is our freezer, and it was a twenty four thousand dollar freezer refrigerator. Yeah. And they yeah. opened it up, and the whole freezer thing was full of gourmet ice cream, right? <laughs> Yeah, $14 a quart. $14 a quart. At the end, they show all these clips of all this stuff going on and these splices of interview with this Nancy Pelosi interview. And at the end, it shows a picture of her, and it says, let them eat ice cream, Marie Pelosi. (laughs) I mean, it is brilliant, uh, man. What's what's well, that, that is that is brilliant, but I just wish that uh, a few more people in this country knew what the reference uh, uh, was. was. <laughs> yeah, right. Let them eat cake and Marie Antoinette. So yeah. when you got a government educated society, sophisticated humor just goes right over their heads. <laughs> well, well, exactly. I 
I've over the last five days, I've asked a lot of people if they know what sadomasochism is, <laughs> and, and nobody, no, nobody. I, I said, "Are you familiar with the term sadomasochism?" And and they go, "No," and and so I can't use my joke on them. I can't. It's not funny. Okay, you know, I I, I can't I can't use it because they say they've never heard of sadomasochism. Okay. Hey, oh, Darryl, I can't say when you yeah, got to go explain ahead. the joke, the punchline falls flat it's on funny. his face. It's, yeah, it's not funny. Okay, Darryl, your point. Darryl, you, yes, you should, ask, Harvey. you should ask them what kind of dull parties have you been going to. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, I, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, you have to, I keep saying this, you have to enter the stream of conversation with where people's consciousness is, okay, and and you have to first talk to them a little bit. You can't you can't assume that they get it. So it's the, it's uh, that's the, a perfect example. Let me give you a hint. Yeah. It's the shallow end of the pool you get in at. Yeah, right. Well, Boy, yeah, that's the truth. and there's a and there's a baby roof floating in it. That's right. And there's a baby roof floating in it. Right. Yeah. But. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, Bob brought up something really powerful, very, 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 very important about government and 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 religion. And and the reason that you have the dispensationalists and the evangelicals and a lot of other uh, sundry uh, uh, divisions of uh, Christianity saying that thou shalt not engage in government or participate is because they've taken it all for granted. They they have they have flattered themselves and their vanity with the idea that this was a Christian founded nation and they took it for granted. And now when they with when they're presented with the idea that they're going to they are ruled, not going to be, but are ruled subject to their citizenship by satanists, okay? And uh, they realize that they they have a duty to be involved in government, and you can't have a Christian-based values government and the laws thereof without a Christian's, without outwardly, overtly proclaiming Christians involved in that government. Okay, how childish, how how absolutely stupefying is this position that they hold. This is, this is beyond absurd and preposterous. It is the ultimate and childish uh, uh, indulgence. Darryl, uh, I, let, I can't. Yes, go ahead. Daryl mentioned uh, Nancy Falucifer and a couple other also chimed in on her. Of course, let's don't overlook the fact that uh, Tony Alessandro's Mafia Princess that's sitting out there in California and that she's got her nephew sitting as the governor Newsom in California who have just called again. Now they're trying to use a declaration of a FEMA emergency because of national security to have Trump removed on the pretext that he is mentally incompetent and not knowing that the word term meant ill means a sick mind and they cannot use any of that mental competency crap because it's all a bunch of hogwash and hoi polloi uh, BS that has no basis, no clarity, no specificity. It's all a bunch of vague general 
character assassinations and defamations based upon their views as opposed to the facts. I'll give you an example. The chick, I believe, that's the attorney general for Oregon. I believe her name is Rosenblum. Filed suit yesterday in federal court to get Trump to remove the federal troops that have authority and jurisdiction to be there to protect their buildings, which are getting destroyed. Federal buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, Roger. Yes, sir. Roger, you, you, you know, you know why they call you, you brought this up. You know why they call New Jersey the garden state, right? Cause there's so many bar- you know bodies why? buried there. <laughs> no, it's because there's a rose and bloom in every corner. Bloom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was going to say blooms. You, blooms. <laughs> grass, even though you buy, you bury bodies, grass doesn't grow on top of concrete. Like yeah. Jimmy Hoffa, Jimmy yeah. Hoffa's uh, rumored to be buried in uh, the the football stadium there, in the concrete. I think Jimmy yeah. Hoffa's rumored to be buried just about everywhere. Could be. Uh, They've scattered him like they did Osiris, you know. Yeah. Uh, let me let me just tell you, someone. I, I think it was Daryl mentioned something about. The, uh, the the religious maybe it was you, you Roger the these people that uh, are so uh, reticent to get involved in government because they think that's uh, unchristian was, was that Daryl yeah I think so yeah that's right Harvey yeah, that was it. Right. Yeah. Well, let let me tell you a story. I'll, I'll try to make it very short. A certain pastor I know was involved with a group of pastors across the state of Georgia. They formed an organization, and they were getting together and discussing conventional, uh, or not conventional, but current events in government, and what was proposed, what need to be needed to be proposed, and so on. And then they were going back and spreading the word to their congregations. And, of course, you know, it was it was going, as they say these days, it was going viral. Uh, they were having great success getting uh, constitutionalists elected to state government and having some influence in the other elections. And... And then one of them stood up in a meeting and said that the problem with this organization is that it was becoming too successful. And if they cleaned up government, then the rapture was not going to come. Oh, please. No, I'm serious. The, the rapture. I don't doubt it. Maybe it's exactly. the rapture. <laughs> exactly. Harvey's and, exactly right. Yeah. And so they took a vote and disbanded the organization. Yeah. And Harvey. Still, yeah. 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 Har- so, Harvey's all over this. This is a perfect example of exactly. This is this is the this is the the fruit the harvest of dispensationalism 
and the destruction of any ability to think at all. Okay, this Amen. is God this is how this is how perverted and distorted uh, this dispensationalism, this this infiltration, where uh, people who claim to be of Christ and speak of Him by His name only only understand their own religion through the filter and lens of a Jewish narrative. This this is exactly right because they they want to bring. See how horrific this is? They actually want to bring about the end times, but they're going to get raptured out before it's here and and leave everybody to that. You see how disgusting, distorted, perverted, and twisted this is? Thank you, yes. Harvey. Thank you very and much. I, I, re yes. I refer to that rapturism, uh, pre-millennialism, as the theology of cowardice. We're going to be raptured. That's good. Out. That's good, Harv. Uh, uh, we're going to. We won't have to go through that because we're 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 going to check out and leave everybody else. To this. Listen, we're special, Harvey. We're you special. and I have mutual friends that have bought that hook, line, and sinker because they're well, cowards. Uh, that's largely the case. Uh, they're but, cowards. Yeah. You know. As to this whole thing, see, my church is post-millennial and as opposed to pre-millennial or a-millennial. And um, so I, I just I just read the Bible and I don't worry. I've got I've got a lot of I've got a lot of instructions in that Bible as to how I'm supposed to behave. And it doesn't matter whether Jesus returns in the next five minutes or in the next five thousand years. My instructions are the same, and I'm having one horrible time trying to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't need to read yeah. the tea leaves, you know. Yeah. Uh, Harvey. And the, yeah. Harvey, L listen. Th this whole idea about government—it starts in your house. The okay. truth comes up. The truth. The tree grows from the root. It's, it, the tree doesn't grow from the fruit down. Okay, it grows from the root up, and and if you want good government, you have to bring that into your house, yep. regardless yep. of of who is in government. You bring you bring the government that you want, and, and of your lawmaker and of your values, from the seed from that seed, and that mustard seed, and it grows in and takes root in your home and in your life. And that's where it spreads. It doesn't go the other way around. You got it bass backwards, okay? Not you, but they have it bass backwards, right. okay? Uh, and uh, I, I really, <clears throat> I really love what Bob said so much that I wrote it down because I think it was Bob that said it. And and it says he said he says it's beautiful. I love this. Thou shalt not covet unless it is through the agency of government. I, I mean, this is this is this is exquisite. This is this is the kind of one-liner that you need to to throw in their face, okay? Literally, and, and uh, I, I thank you, Bob. You know, really. So I, I'd like to I'm blame sorry, that. Harvey, I I'd yeah, like to blame you that. You did it, man. Actually, from Brother Gregory. Oh, it's beautiful. It it's is. gorgeous. 
It is. I you mean, it, it really and, puts and, it into contrast. It puts the silhouette up yeah. where we don't think of ourselves as being covetous, but by God, that widow next door better pay her taxes because my kids need free school. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I am I not am, covetous about that. So they can get I, I brainwashed gonna, in gonna, Marxist yeah. theology. Well, uh, here's here's where I think here I said this about a month ago or longer, and I am going to claim it. And and I see government in its manifestation as it is with the parties as political insurance against personal responsibility. There you go. OK. That's a good way and to I it. think that that fits in. That fits in perfectly with uh, Brother Gagri. It is it is the government they're voting they're voting for provides them for political insurance against personal responsibility and they can and they can still walk around righteous and pious my hands aren't dirty it's the same reason they can send men and women and children off to wars to murder people because they have the the pretense of their hands are clean i didn't do it they don't That's call right. them the party of sin and they can nothing. still they can still be pious and righteous well, after they slept in their bed that night before they went to Sunday services and they got up and they fed themselves and they were all clean and shiny. And they didn't have to any blood on their hands, did they? Well, yeah. we'll see about that. Washington said we'll see about that. government is a, danger, a, a, a dangerous servant and a fearful master. That's right. Well, Still who's your true. daddy? Who is your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Well, they aren't. Well, and you can tell them that they aren't your daddy. Okay, and all you have to do is write out whatever your circumstances are, because we got some black folks out there and some Latinos and naturalized folks that have done this. What you have to do is go in there and tell them what you're not, and they got to respect it, and they got to recognize it, and the strongest retribution that we've seen in 10 years of proffering this is a little thing called a bluff letter that is so loaded with word crap in the first paragraph and it says if i can quote it from memory a little bit it appears by what you have submitted that you are under the 14th amendment and then it quotes it, and then it has a little more verbiage, and at the end of the paragraph it says, except by operation of law. Kind of as a throw-in at the end. Except by operation of law. And I would proffer that we write back, and uh, it appears by the bluff letter you've sent that you're a no-good Edomite slaving piece of crap. <laughs> and you could throw... You could throw Canaanite. Couldn't you throw Canaanite in there sure. for a good measure? You can dress it up I, however I mean, you want listen, to. Yeah. Listen, the, the only reason the only reason that the only law that people are complying with when they put on their face mask is public policy. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't want to wear if you don't want to wear your face mask, don't don't be a, you know, don't be subject to poli- to public policy. That's a good comeback on that mask thing is I'm not subject to public policy. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's public policy. That's all it is. Well, they're okay. getting real serious about it. Why they're called the-, yeah, the, the, the point being is that you're not a part of that public. That's okay? correct. You, 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 
Do you do you want to be of the republic or of the public? They're how different. About, how did, about did that? Did you notice there's an extra syllable in there? I'm not controlled by policy. I'm controlled by law. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, you have to you have to have spent time with this, like Bob and Chris and Harvey and everybody here and the people listening. You have had to have spent time with this to say that and do it with conviction and force and a little belligerency. Okay, you can't. You know, I I'll share mine. I'll share some. I know uh, you've got an overabundance. <laughs> But and it's right, and that's why for any of you that are new that are still with us here, that those basics are so important. Those basics of law are the foundation of your freedom and your ability to stand up in somebody's face and say those kind of things and not only understand what you're saying, but to convince them that they're wrong and you're right. And you can do it. You can do it right well, there you, you face say to face. So you, you say it. You say it with so much direction, force, and confidence that you put them on their back heel. Correct. You literally put them on their back foot, and 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 if Doug's listening, he'll under he'll appreciate this because he's been in a few fist fights like me. Uh, it's hard to fight when you're backing up. Okay, and this is what they've done with the public at large is they got you backing up. Okay. Hell, they and, got. And and did, did did you ever see Mike Tyson back up? They got the public. They ain't backing up. They got them in a corner yeah. of their own making. Yeah. Well, I have a I have a quote. I have a quote here from uh, somebody who's worthy of being quoted, and his name is Solzhenitsyn. And he says, and this is out of the Gulag Archipelago, and uh, which is which is a which is a close relation to an atoll. <laughs> Sorry. If we didn't love freedom enough, and even more, we had no awareness of the real situation, we spent ourselves in one unrestrained outburst in 1917, and then we hurried to submit. We submitted with pleasure. Exclamation point. There was a man went to We purely... We purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterward. Solzhenitsyn. Okay. Think about it. Because in three months, you're, you're going to be tested. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be tested. Um, One way or the other. It doesn't matter who wins this thing, this little, this little dog and pony show. There's, there's, this thing is going to go to a completely geometrically different level in three months. Very well could. Let me play another little clip. This one's real short. I found it in that folder the other day. This is by Bishop Sheen. I believe he's probably deceased now. I remember that name from somewhere years ago. Anyway, this is him talking to a little audience, and it's just kind of descriptive on things we talk about around here. There was a man went to heaven, and he thought perhaps he would like to go to hell, see what it was like, and he asked St. Peter if he could go down. So he went down to hell and rather enjoyed himself over the weekend. Came back to heaven, and the following weekend said to Peter, Really, I, I didn't mind it down there. Could I go down again? Yes, said Peter. And for the second time, he came back and reported enjoying himself. 
The third time, he asked to go down, and Peter said, now this is your last time. When he got down, the devil put him in one of the hot corners of hell. And he said to the devil, when I was here before, you treated me nicely. Yes, he said, then you were a tourist. Now you're a resident. <laughs> so remember, we get treated very well now by the devil, but when we're residents, he does not treat us as well. I thought that was pretty poignant. <laughs> I love the word resident. <laughs> resident. We're, yeah. we're as you yeah. reside. <laughs> Listen, there's, uh, there's, something, there's something I want to I share share with this that, that might be a little bit for the more advanced of people you would talk to. But you say to him, if your title is citizen, your position is subject. And then wait for him to argue with you. That's right. If your title, your political title is citizen, your position is subject. Because what does what does the first first paragraph in the Fourteenth Amendment say? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And in a lot and if you get into court cases and Chris will buttress this, they have tests. If they're gonna go after somebody, well did what they did meet these tests and they'll have a, a, a number of different statements. Well, and I started thinking about that the other day, and the fourteenth amendment's got three tests. You've got to be born a person, no four. You've got to be a person under that. You've got to be born or naturalized. There's three. And then you've got to be subject to the jurisdiction. So there's four prong tests in the 14th Amendment. You ever thought about it like that, Chris? Would, would, would you say that those again, please, Roger? Well, it, it, all persons, and of course that's got nebulous background definitions, so that's a test. You've got right. to be a person. And to be that person, you've either got to be born, A, or naturalized, B. And then further, you've got to be subject because it says and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So you've got to be one of those persons, and then you've got to be subject. All right. Have any of you read... Have any of you read Rick Wilde's book, Final Day? No. I got it on order. <laughs> I, got I, I didn't pay through. it. Yeah. Yeah, I got half through it. I actually went up and got it in person just because I happened to live close. And uh, he has this term, and I wish I could come up with it perfectly. It's deep, dipsy, he calls it, dipsy. Dispensationalist, Zionist. Uh, Dipsyides. Premillennial. They're dipsyides. Yeah, dipsyides. Dipsyides. It goes yeah. way into it goes way into John Nelson Darby's occult background and Schofield skullduggery and all of that. And it's quite yeah. eye opening. It's not necessarily a lot of stuff I didn't know, but I hadn't put it all together. You know, it's sometimes it's good just to see it in a different lens. All right. But it's a good book. I, I he he goes into the fact that John Darby comes from a. Uh, a family, uh, Irish clan and family in their, in their, uh, uh, generational home of, uh, witches, basically they performed the cult yeah. rituals yeah. in the Darby mansion in Ireland. I, I want to go back to something that Roger was saying about with the four tests in the 14th amendment and, and then the, the, the obverse of that. Okay. 
and uh, I haven't brought this up for a long time, probably a couple of years. So for the people that haven't heard this, you might find this interesting. It's a uh, it's a right out of the Federal Register online. I got it out of the Federal Register. It's Executive Order one three one three two August fourth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, the title is Federalism. Uh, the executive is William Jefferson Clinton. And in section, in section two, subparagraph D, it states exactly this. And this is to counter uh, the, the, the other side, the opposite of what the 14th Amendment is talking about. This next paragraph will be the others. It says, subparagraph D, the people of the states are free, subject only to restrictions in the Constitution itself, or in constitutionally authorized acts of Congress to define the moral, political, and legal character of their lives. Okay, That's a second restatement of Mr. Vattel's Law of Nations. Now, and what were this the is acts exactly of right. What were the acts of Congress, the bankruptcy, and the reaction to it? Yeah. And uh, this is, he doesn't... They use their words precisely. It doesn't say the 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 the, the people, the, the persons of the United States. Okay, it says the people of the states. It doesn't refer to them as as persons, does it? No. Okay, this is this is this is another prima facie evidence of of the of the of the multiple statuses. You know, our friend. Uh, our friend uh, Cody sent me uh, something in an email here last week, and it, it, did he send it to you too, Roger? It says U.S. citizens versus U.S. national differences, right off their own website. It's it's right off the uh, it's right off the uh, the U.S. website, uh, usimmigration.org, and it, it recapitulates what uh, Chris found on the uh, on the passport site. Yeah, about. A U.S. nationals and U.S. citizens. Did, did Cody send that to you? He, he might have. I don't remember seeing it. Honestly, I get so much stuff. Yeah. It, it well, it's it's a it's it, it it's exactly verbatim uh, what Chris found, but it's it's in a different place, in another place, and it's talking about the U.S. citizen and the U.S. national. So, uh, I I don't know I don't know how much more evidence is going to be required for people to. Uh, be presented in front of them before they they uh, it, it, do, it, it doesn't matter <laughs> how much evidence is put in front of them it matters if they have a love of the truth uh one little clarification for bob that dipsyites he was talking about that comes from ipsy dixit which means just because that's what ipsy dipsy <laughs> just because yeah okay just because they say well because well, they got it, they got the Hold on a second. Yeah. Ipse, yeah. Let me straighten out the Latin here. Ipse Dixit translates, that man said it. And it goes back to the Pythagoreans, the, the acolytes of Pythagoras, who had ran a mystical religion based on mathematics. And their evidence, their basis for proving anything was simply to say 
Ipse Dixit, that man said it. In other words, Pythagoras said it, so it's true. That's where that phrase comes from in the common usage of the English language. There you go, Chris. Thank you, Harvey. I, you know, I mean, the, the, the amount of recall that we've got with these groups that get together here sometimes astounds me. One thing we can't do is recall extra time, and we're about out of that element here, that commodity today. Uh, kind of an abbreviated group. We don't have the 12 or 13 we had on yesterday, but everybody was solid. The discussion was solid. Well, the topics were meaningful, and I hope you got something out of it to noodle on until we can recommence it tomorrow. And tomorrow well, being – uh, Paul should be with us, I'll add. What, Harv? Go ahead. Well, it's like the old fellow said. I wish I had all the minutes I've ever wasted so I could waste them all over again. <laughs> well, we can't get any more time, I'm afraid, but there we go. As an, old, be here tomorrow. as an old wise scoundrel in the music business told me once, you can take everything a man's got and he can replace almost all of it, but if you steal his time, you've taken something he can't replace. Uh, I'll see uh, y'all tomorrow on good. that note. It's called taxes. Yeah, that's uh, Jim Ram's next, by the way, and I think Jim takes this forum over. So after we end here in a few seconds, I'll just back out and y'all can be with Jim and see what he's got to cover today. I know it's good and without a doubt important. And we'll see you in 22 hours or so. Ciao, amigos.